Glory to God. Do you love our praise and worship team at all? Remain standing just a second. We're going to talk this morning about staying focused. The series is called Get Focused. I, I feel like so many times we, we just have so many things we can lose our focus about. And it shifts everything when we decide we're going to be the dictator of what our focus does, what we pay attention to, what we don't pay attention to. It shifts everything in your life. So before you're seated, bump your neighbor and say, get focused and you can be seated in the presence of God. I, I have a tendency myself to be, to, to lose my focus occasionally. And the other day we were at the house and I was on the phone and I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I was talking to him and I was going on and on and on. And I told him, I said, if I could just find my phone, I'll send you that email. <laughs> and I'm on my phone and I got my phone and I'm like, what in the world? But, but in 2016, we got a lot of, of, of places that can, you know, kind of attach itself to our focus and almost rob from it and steal from it and take it from us and you know, put us in a place where we've kind of gotten wishy-washy and we've kind of gotten away from what's important. And, and, and it seems to me this Easter season, God is trying to say something to us about being focused, about, about making sure we are paying attention to what really matters in life. Now, that doesn't mean that we, we, we don't take out the trash because if you don't, your house will stink. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean we don't uh, uh, still have to change the oil in the car because you don't want to blow the thing up. But, 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 but we got to just be focused. We got to pay attention to what's critical. We got to put the emphasis on the areas of our life that God puts the emphasis on. And when we do that, in order to do that, sometimes we've got to get good at hearing the still small voice. And when you and me, when we're praying, we love the still small voice whenever he says, you're about to get a new house, you're about to get a new car, something's about to happen to you. But sometimes we miss what he's saying because he says something that's really important to us, but it's not something that we had on the agenda. So for instance, uh, sometimes it's not that we have too much, uh, it's not that we don't make enough money, it's that we make too many bills. And then we're like, oh God, what happened? Well, listen sir, maybe two boats is more than enough, I don't know. Or, or, or maybe, you know, you know, your favorite restaurant 14 times a week is, is more than you, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just talking, it's just us, right, Sunday morning? So sometimes we, 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 we hear God when he says all the good stuff, right? But sometimes he'll say something to you that needs to shift or needs to change and we're hesitant to hear it. The Bible says that whom the Father loves, he chastens. Now we don't use the word chasten anymore in 2016 hardly at all. It just means correct. Now I have three children. What kind of a daddy would I be? If they walked up to you and you said hello to them and they told you to, to go butt a stump. Two, two of mine would not say that. 
What kind of a daddy would I be if I didn't, in love, correct my children? Because it's not just about you, because I'll be honest with you, I, uh, uh, I think you can deal with a child telling you to butt a stump, and you can probably get over it. But I can't have that child growing up and going to a, an interview for the college that they want to go to or for some kind of a contract or some kind of a, a business deal or something and they hear something they don't want to hear and they say, well, but a stump. Now, sometimes I feel like saying but a stump when I'm dealing with people, but it doesn't have the results I'm looking for. So even if I hear what I don't want to hear, I'm still focused on the goal that I'm trying to achieve. So who the Father loves, He chases. Jesus said this in John chapter 15. He said, I'm the true vine. My Father is the husbandman or the gardener. So Jesus is the true vine. You and me, the Bible says we're grafted in to the vine. That means simply... When you would graft a vine into another vine, you would literally take it from where it was and you would, you would actually have to wound the vine you wanted to put it into. Then you would put it up against the vine and then you would bind it to the true vine in some way, shape, or form. So Jesus is the true vine you and me are grafted into the vine and his daddy, our father, his father, is the gardener or the husbandman. He's the one who tends the garden. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. So if, uh, if there's a, a, a tree that, that a branch doesn't have any fruit on it, one season, maybe two seasons, that branch is gone. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it might bring more fruit. He prunes it that it might bring more fruit. Number one, sometimes you've got to prune some things or allow them to be pruned. My wife and I, a house we had at one time, had a, had a peach tree on it. And, and there was nev it never gave any more than one peach. One peach. That's all we got. One peach. We were proud of that peach, but we'd protect that peach. It'd get there. We'd, we'd sit there. Can we eat our peach yet? Can we not eat our peach? We'd just stare at that peach. And then one, one year, uh, we had an electrical box, under, underground electrical thing, and it got a bunch of honeybees in it, thousands and thousands of honeybees. So I had to get rid of the honeybees because they were stinging the kids and stuff. But that particular year, our peach tree had peaches like you would not believe. I mean, I was like, honey, I think we got peaches. And look out there, and there's peaches everywhere. Now, we'd had this place for three or four years, and, and we'd done no pruning of the tree. We didn't know what pruning the tree was or why to prune a tree or anything like that. So it's got these limbs everywhere. And before you know it, I'm sitting there watching, and the fruit on the limbs were causing the limbs to bow down so far that the limbs were breaking off before the peaches were ripe. That's why the Bible says that he'll make you like a tree planted by the rivers of water that's not going to cast its fruit until it's season. 
Because there are seasons in your life when you're ready for something, when you're prepared for something, and there are seasons in your life when you're not ready for something and you're not prepared for something. And if God gave it to you today, it might break off. You see what I'm saying? So we sat out there. I was like, oh, man, we got to do something. So I started tying the limbs together. I'd tie them to the trunk of the tree, and, and they would still just break off. I'm talking, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds and maybe a thousand peaches. Peaches like crazy. And I was like, man, we got a problem here. And, and, it, and it ended up that I added it up after it was all said and done. I had to throw away about five five-gallon buckets full of peaches because I didn't know how to take care of the tree. If I had pruned that tree, I might not have had a thousand peaches, but I would have been able to keep what I did, what, keep what I did have. You, you see, God has a way of pruning us. And, and listen, the tree doesn't enjoy the pruning. Sometimes God's going to say something to you. He's going to expose an area to you that should be cut away, that should be trimmed back. You know, sometimes it's our time. Sometimes it's our thoughts. Some of you, you say, you know what? I, I, would, just, I would just love to, to serve the house of God more, but I just don't have time. Well, I, I'm not here to tell you one thing or the other. I'm just telling you, you're, you can prune some time in your life. Some of you, you, you can't sleep at night and your, your thoughts are wondering, well, listen, I say prune some of those thoughts. You start having those restless thoughts, I just dare you to keep your mind stayed on Him. So I'm just not going to have those thoughts. Well, what happens if they show up again? Bless God, I've got the helmet of salvation. I'm not worried about any fiery darts the enemy's throwing at me. I've got the shield of faith. When that stuff comes in, I combat it. Well, how do you combat it? I combat it the way Jesus combated the enemy. He said things like this. He said, it is written. In 2016, we say it differently. The Bible says... So you can prune some thoughts. You can prune, prune some energy. Some of you, uh, the, let me tell you, one of the best words that you should get in your vocabulary, are y'all ready for it? Poke your neighbor say, you ready for it? No. People get mad at me all the time. Can you do this? I'm sorry, I can't. Why not? I know how much energy I've got. I know how much that my family's going to get, and I'm not willing to rob what I'm saving for my family. Mom and dad would come home, and they were beat up by the day, and don't have anything left, and all you can do is tell your kids hello when you walk through the door, and everything's frustrating you. Well, if you'd have said no two or three times to all the people who aren't going to live with you forever, who aren't going to be in your household forever, if you'd have said no to a few things, maybe you'd have a little bit more energy. I'm talking about pruning some things out of our lives so that we can be the best that God has called us to be. He said, well, it's not nice to tell somebody no. Anytime you tell somebody yes, you're telling your family no. You're telling your spouse that I consider more important than the time with you. Ooh, it gets quiet in here when I talk like that. Anytime that you volunteer yourself away from your family, you have volunteered your family to be away from you. So here's what you do. You serve God together. 
You serve the house of God together. You let them see you serving God. You let them see. You say, well, what do you mean you serve God together? I mean you serve God together. It's what you do. You decide the culture of your house is we serve the kingdom of God. The culture of our house is we pray and magnify God. The culture of our house is, listen, some of you, it'd be, it'd be revolutionary if you picked one night a, month, a week and just said, this is our family night. You say, well, that sounds hokey and whatever. Well, it works. You don't want to find out about your, your daughter's boyfriend's name through Facebook. I'm just telling you. Well, this is some, this is some fundamental stuff today. You don't want to find your, your, your out that your son is hanging with the wrong crowd on Twitter. No, here's one. Let's, let's make Monday night pizza night. It doesn't have to be pizza. But I don't care. You, you, you just pick a time and then you make it repetitive and you do it over and over again. You say, we don't have anything else to do. Tic-tac-toe night. Ah, uh, we, can't, we can't afford any of that. You need a number two pencil and some wide-ruled paper. They got that in their backpack right now. I'm, what I'm saying is this, and I know I make light and we all laugh. We got to prune some things out of our life if we want to keep the fruit that God's trying to give us. Amen? Amen? Number two, pruning makes room for the growth. Jesus said that the old branches that don't give any fruit, they just got to go. But then he said even the good branches have to be cut back, have to be trimmed. And it doesn't happen all the time but it's a seasonal thing. It, it shifts in your life. It shifts in my life. Sometimes you're just be going and God's going to go, all right, wide open, go. Maybe it's a new idea. Maybe it's a new thing. Maybe it's a season. Maybe, maybe it's a, a, a Easter at church time. I mean, that's just wide open time. We just, boom, we're just, we're just going. And there's other times where God's going to say, all right, I, I really need you to hear my voice, I need you to be in tune with that still small voice and you really only hear still small voices when you find some quiet time. You, you really only hear still small voices when you cut some things back, when you cut some things away, when you choose by faith to say, I'm not going to focus on these things. I'm not going to focus on those things. I'm going to cut some things back. Some of you, and, and, I, and I, don't, I don't mean to sound repetitive, but, but you've had the same habits for the last 10 years. And God's trying to say, I got no problem with your, your hobbies or otherwise. I'm just saying, if you did 50% of the time building model airplanes and you took that time and you gave it to me or you gave it to your family, or 50% of that time that you, that you crochet, you, you, you said, I'm going to have some good conversations with my husband or my wife, or, or I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to go visit that person that I've been talking about visiting for six years. I, I'm going I'm to, listen, you're, the, you're, you're, you're literally the umpire. You're, you're the one who decides what you do and what you don't do. Sometimes we just need a, a wake-up call, and there's nothing more, more of a wake-up call than when the Lord shows up with pruning shears. Are those for me? <laughs> Who the Father loves, He chastens, He corrects, He fixes us, He, he shifts us, He points us in the right direction, He, 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 he changes our situation, he, 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 he makes us to be better than we are by removing some of the things that we shouldn't be. 
Number three, everybody say number three. This is one of the points from last week. We're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. You're going to hear that. I don't know if this is going to be a three or four sermon series, but you're going to hear that every time. We're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. Here's an example on how to win somebody to Christ. I'm at the store the other day, and, and uh, uh, you got to understand you're looking for something, some kind of, of, of end, some kind of middle ground with somebody. Hey, I'm Brian. How are you? Oh, I'm John. How are you? I'm good, John. Where are you from? Well, I'm, I'm from Louisiana. Hey, awesome. I used to live close to Louisiana because Texas is kind of close, right? What part of Louisiana? Oh, down there, uh, or up north, northeast Louisiana. Oh, northeast, I've seen that on a map. <laughs> Do they have trees in Louisiana? Yeah. We got trees here too, man. So all I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm, I'm playing chess, and he thinks we're playing checkers. He thinks we're making one move to, 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 and that's the move. And I'm making three moves because I've got a checkmate coming that he's got to get or he's got a big problem. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking. Okay, John, so Louisiana, great. What part of Louisiana, great? Oh, wow, man, that, that's great. I tell you what, man, you know, uh, uh, I remember Louisiana. Do you have family in Louisiana? And here's where, here's where I start to get him. Man, my parents used to live there, but a few years back, my mom passed away. Brother, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I've had to go through some things like that. and I couldn't have done it without God's help. Now all of a sudden, I, I'm starting to plant some seeds. You see what's happening? Things are starting to shift. I couldn't have done it without, without God's help. And you're going to see, they're either fixing to put their defenses up because they've been hurt real bad, or they might start to lean in to what you had to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I got some people in heaven too, man. And Without the promise of God, I don't know where I'd be. You know what I mean? And so when I say you know what I mean, now I'm going to find out where he is on what I just said. Because he's going to say, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. Or, man, I know exactly what you're talking about. Jesus is my rock and my fortress. And now all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, glory to God. Now it's just a praise break, you know. But if they say, well, you know, I guess so. I've heard people talk like that. And that's not when I start saying, well, John 3.16 says this, and if you want to do it that way, that's fine. Philippians 4 says this. Genesis 1. And this. I just go, man, I'm going to tell you. I said, I remember when I lost so-and-so, and, and, and the only thing that, that, that gave me any peace was knowing that I'd see him again because when you're a Christian and you know Jesus, everybody that dies in faith, they're no longer in your past, but they're in your future. And, and John, if, if you're not aware of that, man, I just want you to know, I said, I said I'm happy to talk to you about that. And if you can't, I don't have time to talk right now because I know, you know, we're just sitting here at this restaurant and, you know, we're here at this business or whatever. He said, I, but if you don't have time enough for that, listen, I'm going to write down the name of my church. You come to my church and I promise you, you'll hear all about the goodness of God. So now, now we're going from, you know, just a typical encounter with somebody that you've come across to now we're focused and the main thing is the main thing. 
Now, now you might not can do that all the time. We all have time restraints and, and all those different things. But I'm just telling you, doing it some of the time will produce some results, but doing it none of the time will produce no results. So when you said yes to Jesus, you put on the uniform. You put on the jersey of God's team. You put on the jersey of the body of Christ, and He is expecting us to bear fruit. Fruit is people. Some of you said, I know that's right. Fruity is all good. <laughs> Fruit to God is people. When he hung on that tree, he wasn't sitting up there thinking about my house or my car or anything else. He's sitting there thinking about people. Well, you mean to tell me I can't have a car and a house to serve God? No. God is not an either or God. He's an and abundantly above more than you can ask or think of. But we still have to keep the main thing the main thing. Focus on who he puts us around. Focus on, on where we're going. Uh, in John chapter number 4, I won't read it for sake of time, but Jesus, he, he's on a trip with his disciples, which almost all the way through the Gospels, Jesus is going somewhere, which means we ought to be moving in God. We ought to be pressing towards the mark for the prize, the high calling in Christ. But he's going, and he tells his disciples, he goes, guys, I've got to go through Samaria. Now that's important. Samaria... Uh, was, a, was a place and it was kind of considered like half-breed people. Kinda, they they kind of had some Jewish tendencies, but they kind of didn't. They kind of had adopted in some other uh, religious ideologies. And Jews didn't stick around with Samaritans very often. They just didn't do it. It, it was kind of, it was, it, was, it was a very uh, racial divide, if you will. And Jesus said, i got to go to Samaria. And the disciples, they're, they're going and Jesus comes up to a well because uh, he's thirsty because it's noon and the disciples had left they had gone to get some food in the next town and he sits there and a lady walks up and he says to the lady who's a Samaritan and Jesus is a rabbi and Jesus is a, is a, is a Jew and you could tell by the way he was dressed you could tell by the way he acted which means when you're a Christian there ought to be something about you that says you're a Christian you say well what does that mean it means when you open your mouth you should confirm that you are the, the you are the you are a son or daughter of God and not some heathen that doesn't understand that we don't just talk how we want to we don't just act how we want to we don't listen we don't flip people off in traffic just because they make us mad and if you do you know you just repent and get on about your business but we don't act any way we want to we're focused we're we're trying this week I had three different places uh, recognize me. And I'm not saying that to talk about me. I'm just telling you it happened and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it happens more and more as our church grows. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm, I literally had the thought. I said, I wonder how I, wonder how I was driving before they saw me, before, before, before they saw it was me. And I'm a good driver, I think. At least, you know, people tell me that. They honk at me all the time. They're like, way to go! Boy, you can drive good! They're like, I didn't even know there was enough room in front of me to get in there and you did it! They're like, and then, then other people, they, you know, when you're a good driver, people give you tips all the time. So they'll drive by and they're like, use your blinker. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Glory to God. Why did y'all all look at your spouse? <laughs> See, use your blinker. Well, we got to be conscious because people are watching us. So nobody can judge me. An eternal 
In an eternal sense, that's true. But everybody's judging you all the time. Are we trying to win people or are we just living? Look around. We don't have many seats open in here, but we've got a couple. There's people in this area that need to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can bring them to church. I can bring them to church. We can bring them to church. But the only way they're going to get here is somebody's got to tell them. We're focused. So Jesus is sitting there, woman at the well. And Jesus did a bunch of different things. He, he, he walked up. He said, can you get me something to drink? Get me something to drink. And the reason he said that is because he didn't have anything to, to draw water out. She said, it's very deep. You don't have anything to draw water out of. And, and that's why Jesus got her to get him a drink. So she says, why are you even talking to me? Now, she was obviously offended at some point in her life by some Jew or she was offended uh, by somebody that something that, that, that somebody told her about the Hebrew people, the Israelites. So for you and for me, it's imperative to recognize you're going to come across people that are offended by religion. You've just got to decide you're not going to be moved by what you see and you're not going to be moved by what you hear, but you're going to stay focused in the middle of all that and not hear any of their problems, not hear any of their issues with you, but you're going to stay focused because we're trying to win people and to win people, you've got to overlook a lot of the things that people have on them. Jesus, and she said, why are you even talking to me? And Jesus like, oh, well, I don't know, you know, get some water. She says, she says, well, are you greater than Jacob? And I can just think, Jesus going, yep. <laughs> but he didn't say it that way. He said, you know, because she's like, she said, she said, Jacob, he's the one who dug this well. He gave us this well. Our father, Jacob, you know, the one whose name got changed to Israel. Are you better than him? Because somebody, most of the time, people that don't know God, they know enough about the Bible or enough about religion to have a good stiff jab. Bang! A jab in boxing is one of the most important punches because it keeps your adversary at bay. If you have a good stiff jab, they can't get any closer than you can reach. So when you're witnessing to somebody, so when you're witnessing to somebody, what happens is oftentimes they'll know just enough to give you a good stiff jab. Bang! Are you greater than our father Jacob? Pow! Jesus could have go, absolutely I'm greater than him. I'm the one. I did it. I'm telling you. I'm here to give my life. If you meet my dad, you'd know. He could have said any of those things. But he's just like, well, you know, I'd like a drink of that water. But in reality, ma'am, if you knew who you were talking to, you, you could have asked me for water and I would have given you water that would make it where you never were thirsty again. Living water. Living water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go get your husband. She said, well, I'm not married. Jesus says to her, he says, yeah, but you've been married five times and the guy you're shacking up with He's not your husband either. I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> That's what she said. But what I find interesting is Jesus heard her religious obstacles. Jesus took her 
almost biblical jab that she had prepared because she probably had to protect herself from all the other uh, 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 pious and haughty Israelites that had come by and looked down on her for years. He took that and just rolled with the punches. And he showed us that he knew all about her shortcomings but was still interested in getting the message to her, which means he was focused on her, not on her issues. You and I have friends and family that have issues, and if your family doesn't have issues, you can look to your left or your right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> issues. We've got to be focused so that we can overlook the issues and get the message across. Brandon, please bring me that deal. I got I to I have a brief illustration I want to show you guys. Matthew, if you would come help me too, please. I'm going to show you all how to cut trim. Just kidding. You, you, you see, God is overwhelmingly powerful. He, he's overwhelmingly strong. And if we're going to be focused, we're going to have to utilize every characteristic that God has put in us and on us for the benefit of the kingdom. FBO, the kingdom of God. We've got to get so focused that we, we don't stay small-minded that when we know about somebody's false failures and could even be blatant sin, then we do what the Bible says and we, we do this. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. So when you find out about somebody's sin, when you find out about their situation, you've got to get good at covering that situation because you might be the only person that has the uh, God that has enough godliness on the inside of them to cover up what somebody's done wrong so that we can be focused enough to win the person who tripped up. Christianity is one of the few places where it seems like, not at New Heights Church, but it seems like we eat our wounded. We chew on them. A minister falls from grace and, and we're, well, I knew it. Bless God, that son of a gun. I heard what they said on the TV and it should have never been. You don't have any idea the pressure that person might have been under. What if somebody would rise up? Now, I'm not saying there's not consequences and God knows a lot of people have to deal with them. But, but I'm just telling you, what if we rose up as the body of Christ and we just decided, you know what, that girl's had five husbands. The, girl she's, the guy she's sacking up with now is not it. But I'm not even going to, that's not going to hinder me at all. Maybe you find somebody else who you know has talked bad about you. They've talked bad about your race. They've talked bad about your family. They've talked bad about your people. Like Jesus, this lady was sitting there and she did everything but say, I can't stand you. Israelites Jesus act like he didn't even hear it well can I get the water or what no we got to look over some things if we're going to accomplish what God has called us to do and I have, a, I have a significant math background so a lot of times I think in like mathematics and whatnot, and, and, and so most often times we operate in uh, three dimensions so right now we're operating in three dimensions and, and you can operate in two dimensions you can even operate in one dimension so one dimension would look like this this line would be one dimension 
It can go in this direction or it can go in this direction. But it's just one dimension. It's not getting off track. It's not getting off course. It's not getting off kilter. And it's very safe because if you're operating in one dimension, you're never going to cross paths with anybody. But, but, but if we begin to operate in two dimensions, then, then we have like a, like a graph, like an X, Y axis. We have this as an axis that go this way. We have this as an axis that can go this way. You have the X, you have the Y going in both directions. And if you're going to operate in two dimensions, what's going to happen is you have at least two lines on a page, at least two lines, but they have to stay flat to stay in two dimensions. And they only have to get a little bit off course. And before you know it, bang, they're going to cross. And, and if we're so... Uh, uh, if we're so immature in our Christianity that every single thing we come across crosses our line and we've got to make sure that they know how we feel about it and we've got to make sure that they know what we're thinking about and we've got to make sure that they understand what we're talking about. They don't know where I'm coming from. I'm coming from Jesus Christ and I'm trying to win them. I'm going to look over all kind of stuff. But if we get to the place where we're literally sitting there and, and little, anything just a teeny bit off track, before you know it, it could be here, it could be down here, but before you know it, you're going to have something cross paths with you. This is two dimensions. Well, well God made you three-dimensional. You're not laying flat on a page. You're walking around. You rode or drove in a car here. This is a three-dimensional world. Trees don't lay flat. Trees grow up so that we can have shade. We live in a three-dimensional world. So in a two-dimensional world, you might have one person that's saying, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you might have somebody saying, I don't believe in any of that stuff. And if you're living in a two-dimensional world, you're literally crossed right there. But if you'll do something different, see, from the outside, it looks like this should really mess me up. You say, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. I don't believe in that Jesus stuff. I'm not with that Jesus. We should be crossed like crazy. We should have a big problem right here. But if you turn, I'm not living in a two-dimensional world. I'm living in a three-dimensional world. I chose to not be crossed up right here because I'm focused. You say, well, what do you mean? You mean nothing ever gets across the line? No, sometimes it does. Jesus living his life like this. He's just going about his business and there's everybody all around him. All these tangents everywhere. And nobody's getting, nobody's crossing him. And then all of a sudden, one person, they stood up and they said this. They said, little kids, leave Jesus alone. And Jesus said, no. You let those kids come to me. For such is the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, guys, you can't even get into heaven unless you act like one of these kids. That crossed the line that had to be crossed. Jesus is going. He's going, I'm going to Jerusalem, going to give my life for the people. I'm going to make one last stop by my daddy's house. I'm going to make one last stop by the temple. And all of a sudden, it was a bunch of thieves in there. It was a bunch of hypocrites. It was crazy. And Jesus said, get out of my daddy's house. It crossed the line. But people his whole life were trying to cross his line, but he chose when his line would be crossed. They took him on top of that rock hill and they were killing him. They were, they were beating him. They were doing all kind of atrocities to him. And instead of saying, that's it, Michael, send all the angels. Kill them all. Wipe them out. I'm not going to have it. He says, no, no, no. 
Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You see, in your life and my life, we can't live in this world where if somebody just gets off track just a little bit, we're going to have a big problem. We got to do what Jesus did. We got to stay focused. We got to be so focused that if they're talking about us, if they're talking about our religion, if they're talking about our race, if they're talking about our family, if they're ta- we just got to go, okay, okay, okay. I, I, I'm not saying I'm going to have dinner with them, but I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to forgive them and I'm going to overlook that because I'm focused because the task at hand is more important than this. Now, if you're in my presence, let me give you an example of what would cross my line, just so you guys would know. If we're having, if my, my children are there, and you start talking about how God won't heal you, how God won't deliver you, how God won't save you, listen, bang, my line just got crossed. But I only got like two or three lines. My wife would say I have more. I only have like two or three lines. But we've got to get out of this mindset that if they don't agree with me, i got to tell them right now, no, we're trying to win the loss. This lady went a whole chapter in our Bible disagreeing with Jesus. Bing, bing, bing. And Jesus just kept going back. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I got this great water. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I can touch you. Yeah, 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 yeah. My dad, my dad is the God of all heaven and earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just kept just, 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 just being so malleable and gentle and pure and holy and kind all at the same time wrapped up in this wonderful thing that could only be the Son of God. This Easter season, we're doing everything we can to be focused on winning the loss. Resurrection time. It's our time. It's our season. It's our moment. Last week and this, this Wednesday, we offered these focus lists. It's just a, a piece of paper with three lines on it. That if you want us to pray, the leadership of our church is praying every day for every name that's been written down in this, in this, in this chest. We're not going to do anything with it. We're not asking for phone numbers, emails, nothing. We just want to pray because the Bible says that if we'll pray, God will hear us from heaven. So when service is over, if you would like anybody that you're believing God for... To be included in this prayer, we've got a a handful more of these and some pens up here. You can just walk right up here after service and fill it out and put it in there. If you've already filled yours out, I'm asking you to stand in faith with us. We're believing God that this year is going to be the year when your family and friends get born again. We're believing God that this is the year when those who are addicted to tobacco and alcohol and all the, you know, fill in the blank, anything else that's robbing their time from God, we're believing in Jesus' name that they're going to be delivered this year, right now, this season, resurrection season. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So as we stay focused on the things of God, I assure you we're going to see God move in our life in an overwhelming way. But we can't be frustrated when we're pruned. And we've got to take the initiative on our own right sometimes and cut some things back.
we got to keep the main thing the main thing. And we can't be so petty, petty and immature that we stay one-dimensional or two-dimensional. we got to get in the 3D world and don't even get me started on the fourth dimension because we're spiritual people. But we've got to get to the place where we are so focused on the task at hand that nothing moves us from it. If they say something to us that's unkind, we go, okay. If they say something to us that's hurtful, we go, yeah. Jesus said they hate him. They're going to hate us too, some of them. We begin to play more of chess than we are checkers. We're, we're three or four moves down in our mind. We're three or four moves down the road so that we can be effective. These people that you've written down, we're believing God that you're going to have an opportunity this week or next week to get them to church on Easter Sunday. We're believing Easter Sunday is going to be one of the greatest salvation days, if not the greatest salvation day at New Heights Church, in New Heights Church short history. I'm believing God that people are going to be born again that have never heard the gospel. I'm believing God that people are going to rededicate their lives that are away from God. I'm believing God that people who have heard the gospel but it never sunk, they're going, to, they're going to receive it that day. And their life and their history and their family and their future and everything is going to be changed in the name of Jesus. I'm believing that a shift's going to happen. But listen, it takes focus. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciplined ones disciples you and me have to be disciplined whenever we're trying to accomplish the will of God in our life you and I have to be disciplined ones whenever we're focused on reaching the lost focused on reaching the unsaved and the unchurched stand to your feet if you would please I'm done teaching